Welcome to the Revolve Recap Weekly Podcast, where we help the members of Revolve Church deepen their connection to God, His family, and His mission. Back again this week, my name is David McCumber with my good friend. You were here last week, too. I wasn't here last week. I'm Bill Lackey. Bill Detail-Oriented Lackey. That's what they call me. Yeah, old C-3PO over here. So, well, thank you for joining us again this week. We do really appreciate it. There's a lot of work that goes into the podcast and uh, love hearing people saying that they enjoy it and encourages them and and they're learning from it. Because so. we're insecure. We need that positive affirmation. True. That's if, why I'm always like, what do you guys think about that joke I just made while I'm preaching? Oh my gosh. People were saying they Gina were like... Gina told me that I was... She's like, you know, you're too sarcastic. She said, you you told people they were dead to you. And I was like, Gina, you're dead to me. Yeah. She should remember that. <laughs> Let's get recapping. All right. So, Bill, what is going on in this week's episode? Why should people even stick around? They got 40 minutes of time to kill. Well, you thought that... Someone's probably running on the treadmill right now. and You thought Halloween was creepy. This isn't even creepier. Creepy tales from the road. Talking about the demons. 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 Mm-hmm. Which are dream demons. Three demons. And we also um, got a little video update from Christian and Elena. Yeah. Specifically from Elena. Yeah. Um, we got a, a call in from Dr. Palmer. Boop, 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 boop. Yep. He's going to be calling in. It's like just bringing the big guns. Yeah. You, know, you want to ask hard questions? Well, Steve, we'll was, Steve was busy. <laughs> yep. So we uh, called Breton. All right. So. Oh, and we're going to give you the Christmas schedule. Yeah, there's a Christmas Don't want to forget it. Don't want to mess it up. Don't want to yep. ruin Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It was 80 degrees three days ago, but today yep. it was 40. This we is watched, a freezing warning for tonight. We watched uh, Home Alone already. Really? Yep, two nights ago we watched Home Alone. And the McCumbers love Christmas. They love we, Christmas movies. Yep. David starts. I bet you you got Christmas music already playing in your yep. truck. Yep. November 1st. We, Wait a second. Is there is there really a station that starts playing Christmas music it used already? To be, it used to be 93.1, but they don't do it anymore. So now you just kind of, whatever. Just giving side eye to the... But, uh, but no, Alexa is playing uh, Christmas music all the time in the kitchen. Melissa's making Christmas cookies, Christmas decorations inside our uh, hang. Home. What are the odds that Max is going to eat your Christmas tree? Well, we had one Max. To we had Max last year, and he didn't. He didn't eat it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're a little so worried about that with Kodiak because this is his first Christmas. Max, Max fills up on on poop, eating poop. Oh my so. gosh! Yep. Like father, like son. <laughs> the dog returns to his vomit, he's which is a, a good transition. He's such an inbred dog. Oh man! All right. So what are we doing here, Billy? What do we got? Baby, give me a tales from the road. I want the creepiest tales from the road you've ever told so we have tales from the road this week is coming to you from a remote island in southeast asia where apparently witchcraft it was very prevalent and you know bill and i you guys know us we're not very you know we're not very super spiritual we're not very we don't talk too much about that but there is no denying that some there would say are, that we're superstitious but i just think we're a little stitious just a little stitious and uh so so we found ourselves in this little remote island and it just 
from the moment you get there, you kind of feel this. And this whole trip was kind of like that. There was actually two places that we went to, but it started on this this island, and we were you know making spiritual statements and and having some conversation. And uh, there was a couple ladies. I remember they were really interested, and we told a couple stories from the Bible. And uh, a guy came up, and he just like told us, he's like, "No more Jesus stories." And we were like, "Okay." So we like really got shut down, like really obviously. <laughs> told to, to know Jesus stories, but I believe it was probably the next day, Bill, I think it was, I think we were all out, we were like spearfishing, and, yep. but for some reason I was kind of by myself, and this canoe came by with two, it was a man and a woman, older folks, and they just looked at me, and it was like a movie, like when you'd, you'd think you'd see like someone who was demon-possessed, their eyes were like super dilated, and they just were like staring at me, and like I just had this feeling like they were saying, get off this island, like this mm-hmm. is our island, you have no right to be here, and it was the most like kind of spiritual like oppression. And then also on that island, Bill was given a gift, was it a fish hook? I can't remember it what was, it was. It was like a wooden carving that was something related to fish. I don't remember if it was like a homemade lure. It was like a fish and it had horns and like a pitchfork. Yeah, it was like, it was like a yeah, it was like fish. bound in human flesh and written in blood. <laughs> no, but it was like a little carving, right? Yeah, it was like a carving. And Bill, uh, we took that and we, we actually went back to the hub. And that night, Bill had that little amulet thing and uh ended up having some sort of like demonic dream where he was like fighting demons right i don't remember i just know that i woke up like really freaked out and in like a cold sweat and uh and ricky did too same night right or was a different night i think it was the same night yeah yeah because i think you you and scotty were roommates and me and ricky were roommates or something i just remember that ricky had the same dream as well it was like in your dream you were like fighting these demons and uh and then you threw the amulet away and you're like you're like that thing's got some devil i said nobody got time for that nobody got time for that and we went to another area within this region and bill and scotty were out walking around and there was some guys and they said that they that they had treemans Tree, well, we call them treatments. They, they call them tree demons. Tree demons. So, and they said there were sometimes when the trees would just it would be no wind, and the trees would just start like waving back and forth, kind of like in a horror movie. Like think about it in a horror movie, when it's like the late the girl like looks at the forest and it starts zooming in, and the trees start shaking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there was uh, some tree demons in this area. We had some some demons in the amulet and uh so you know again this isn't something we really focus on and uh but because i think there's a danger sometimes people get so hung up in like the spiritual realm that they forget like to be in this realm you know so but uh but that was that would be probably our creepiest tales from the road wow i think the last last week we talked about our scariest because that was like when we were in Egypt and we were like driving out. Two weeks out. ago, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that was it. You guys scared? Yeah. Were you scared? You scared? Don't be scared, guys. Well, you should it wasn't be, that scary. You're on scare tactics. <laughs> Tracy Morgan comes out. <laughs> 
Love that you got to do it. Get that. I can't do a Tracy Morgan <laughs> That was voice. more like a Mike Tyson. <laughs> that was horrible. So, but uh, man, that, that story actually, it's kind of funny. You would think that that story wasn't really that interesting. I don't think so. But what, it was just, Tracy Morgan? No, just the, the demons. It's like, it's... Well, you know... People get really into that kind of stuff, but it's like, to me, it just kind of... Well, it's like they like the sensation of uh, that, like, fight or flight adrenaline rush. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so... It's kind of like, why do people like horror movies? Because like, oh, they like that panic feeling when it's like your your heart is about to come out of your throat. And But um, at the end of the day, I think that there's been seasons. I mean, I, I, we have another, I have another demon. You want to tell us some demon stories that yeah, we're doing? go for it. Go for it. Next week, we're going to tell stories about, about, angels. about no other people that we've traveled with. We were kind of wrestling yeah. with how to do this. And I, I, yeah. I think I have some ideas. David wanted to, he he says we can't make fun of people. And I was like, David, all I do is make fun of people. <laughs> so, so next week we'll, we'll get into that. But we can... We can... Uh, we'll do one more demon story. Okay. So Christian and I were in Moria camp. And um, Melissa it was had a demon night. story from New York City too last week. We should have her on. Oh, Christian's got some demon stories from New York City too. Maybe Crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so anyway, so in this demon... But no, so Christian was, he was doing security for it's like the single ladies wing that they unaccompanied women so moria camp was the refugee camp that we were working at in greece yeah and so they had like a wing for unaccompanied women who were like at risk for human trafficking so anyway so i was like i was on security too but i wasn't assigned in one place i was wandering around the jungle, as they call it, in the middle of the night, which you want to get freaked out, wander around the jungle at night, get shanked. That's more scary than demons. Totally. And so all of a sudden, Christian calls me on the walkie, and he's like, he's like, you got to get over, you got to get over, you got to get over here. And so I Did run, you have a name on that? I was you, Rubber Ducky. Rubber Ducky. He's like, like Rubber Ducky, you're the one. Let's go. Hey, Rubber and Ducky, so, this is tight pants. Tight pants is Rubber Ducky. <laughs> and so I come here. running down, and... um. And I, we go in and there's this woman in the room having like a epileptic seizure. Mm. And, um, anyway, a lot of time, anyway, so Christian's like, Oh, this woman's having a seizure. So we run over and it's like, as soon as you walk in the room, it's one of those things where it's like, you're like, this is demonic. Yeah. That was with the the boat. It was just like the people that was something about the people. Something in your spirit. As soon as I walked in. And so I I, I went down, I picked her up and was running to the hospital, which is like in a nearby building carrying this woman. And as I'm carrying her, Christian's running next to me. He's like, you know, I was like trying to awkwardly carry two things together. So yeah. Christian's like holding her head, you yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and we're just casting demons out of this lady, wow. commanding her to stop in the name of Jesus. And she stopped shaking and bring her to the hospital. And sure enough, like 10 minutes later, they released her. They were like, I oh, don't know. She's fine. Wow. And so then we go back over to where Christian was doing security. And one of the women said that like a couple minutes before she started having her seizure, she was like doing some kind of like voodoo seance, like seance thing. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Some kind of like creepy uh, demon thing. Yeah. Um, so that was one demonic experience that we had. Yeah. You know what? I, I think that we don't, like you said, like kind of from horror movies and stuff, it's like, Ooh, you know, but I mean, we don't see that kind of stuff uh, very frequently because the devil doesn't need to use demons because there's enough 
to distract us. There's enough idiots around here. Yeah, in the United States. So I, I think that's what, why though. we don't see a lot of that stuff in the United States. From my friends who lived in India, I got some stories. Yeah. Most of which are probably not appropriate for a podcast. Yeah. But if you corner me, yeah, I love telling stories get to get people corner. riled up. So, well, so that's Tales from the Road, creepy, creepy edition. Um, not even Halloween. Nope. On that thanks- note. Thanksgiving version. It's Christmas time. <laughs> it is Christmas time. What a transition. Yep. Because I've been the Michaels and they go from Halloween right into Christmas. That's it. That's it. Right into Valentine's Day. Yep. Um, guess what, David? I'm going to tell you. What's up? At Revolve. Christmas schedule, guys. I hope you're paying attention. Get a pen it's and important. paper. And, um, this is a little bit confusing. Write it down. Um, December 18th. Sunday morning service is at 9 a.m. for that week and that week only because there is um, a dance showcase and so we need to be out of there by 10:30. So 9 a.m. on December 18th instead of 10 a.m. That's the best we could do. Yep. December 24th, which is Christmas Eve, it's a Saturday, 4 p.m. service. Have you out of there by five? Okay. December 25th, Christmas Day, Sunday, no service. No service. And then January 1st, which is the next Sunday, no service. Typically, we always um, cancel the last Sunday of the year to give like all of our volunteers a break, to give the staff a break, give worship team a break, those kinds of things. This is the way Christmas fell fell this year. um, The last Sunday of the month actually is Christmas. Um, and so we're not doing Christmas service at Lower Cape May Regional and the janitor is all rejoiced. Okay. But also we're not going to do Christmas. We're not going to do service on the 1st of January. So you're not actually only missing one weekend. You're not yes. missing two weekends. You're yes. missing one weekend, but we are going to have these things printed out on little cards so everybody can remember, but put it on your, get it tattooed. Yeah. Um, so the 18th, 9 a.m. 24th, 4 p.m. 4 p.m. The 25th and the first, no, no service. service. Yep. So, um, yeah. And there's there's so many factors that go into this. I know, you know, people are going to be upset. People are going to be, you know, thinking this, that, and the other thing. But do know that we did make every effort that we could to try to figure all this out. And um, this yep. was really the best solution we could come up with. So, especially for like the twenty or the eighteenth and nine a.m. Yeah. service, there's nothing else we could have done. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, the twenty fifth and the first, enjoy your family. And we're gonna do like a podcast uh, church in a box. Yeah. And so yep. we'd encourage you, you know, have your discipleship group families over for breakfast, and yeah. you guys can watch the little video devotional together and that kind of stuff. I'm gonna try to see if. Um, Gina's group and my group, if we want to do breakfast together, like yeah. a big brunch or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we did that like two years ago with RDG, and it was it was really cool. Yeah. On, uh, on uh, I guess it was that la- it was whatever the last Sunday was. Right. So, um, yeah. So, all right. So now we are moving into looking up. We have Second Peter chapter two. What was that? Seventeen? Is that where you were? Seventeen what? Verse seventeen. Verse seventeen to uh, twenty-two, I believe it was yesterday. So it was oh, the, I was so tired from all that Second Peter time. You know what I, I know, mean? I know. Second Peter chapter two. We were in that for three weeks. Four yes, weeks, three weeks. And uh, wound it wound it up with a nice little bow yesterday. I thought you did a good job putting it together. So my uh, my summary of that was: don't eat your vomit. Don't eat your vomit. Nope. And you know, 
you have these false teachers, these false prophets, these um, false ways of living that are more, they preach a message of freedom, but it really is um, more slavery, more, you know, it's not, it's not freedom. And, uh, and it really is like when you think about it, the you know, when you were preaching, I was just really thinking through, like when you gave the, the, uh, you know, the uh, example of, I think it was, it was kind of like alcoholism, you know, it's like, you think that like having like, you're partying and you have this escape and then it's like, then you become addicted to something. You're now a slave to it. And it's like something that the world, you know, if you look at, you know, I don't, I don't want to just pick on alcoholism or, you know, but it's like even like commercials and advertising is, you know, is so like everything, you know, whether it's, I mean, STDs is like, that's a kind of like a classic high school health class example. It's like, you think you're free to do whatever you want until you get syphilis. Yeah. Monkeypox. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, uh, but if you look at, and I was, but I was thinking even more than just like false teachers within the church, like even society and, and culture kind of promotes this freedom of like, Mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And yeah, treat yourself yeah. until you get your credit card bill. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I can't pay it. And, um, Bo, so yeah, so I think that was really, um, really Im- impactful to really think about what we think is like, you think the church is oppressive. Everyone would say, oh, well, the church is oppressive, but it's like, if you really look at it, culture is oppressive, and there's freedom in Christ. Yeah, and uh, the illustration used right at the end um, with the the passage that the dog returns to his vomit. Um, when you gave the illustration of the prodigal son, if you were thinking of the prodigal son going away and wallowing in the mud, and then coming back and being welcomed into the family, um, but then the next day going to wallow in the mud again. Is, is that's what we're like when we return to our sin. Yeah. And it really, that I thought that was a great illustration of, you know, things that, you know, um, you know, you think of having a bad temper, you know. As soon as you're done losing your temper, you're like, oh, I don't want to ever do that again. Like that yeah. was, that was not effective at all. And then the next day you lose your temper again. You're like, yeah. oh my gosh, I know that this is not right. Why do I keep doing it? And uh, it really is. It's like, you you get into that cycle of just returning to what you know is wrong. Yeah. So that was really impactful for me to really think about my own life and, and sin and what those, you know, things are that I continue to return to. Yep. Yeah, and I was thinking about how this is just like, man, the list is so long, isn't it? You know? Yeah. It's like, he says, whatever controls you to that, you're enslaved. It's like, well, my anger controls me, my appetite controls me, my cravings control me. It's yeah. like, how long is the list? You yeah. want the list alphabetical? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and you just, but the point is it, that shouldn't make you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so terrible. It should make you go, wow, what a savior. Yeah. You know, what a savior. I just read this morning in Luke 18, Luke 19. You know, with the unforgive or Matthew 18, with the parable of the unforgiving servant. And Peter goes to Jesus, how many times should we forgive someone? Seven times? And Jesus says, 70 times seven. 
and just thinking about how gracious God is, you know, in that parable that the master forgives the debt of the steward who owes him millions and millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. you know, as the transfer or the, uh, what's the term I'm thinking of, you know, the, the, the rate of money from what it was, silver or whatever. I have money. Right. I have a jar on the top of my refrigerator. I put that <laughs> money in. Jar, I'd like jar. to put more in there. That's where you come in. <laughs> Wedding singer, deep cuts. Oh, I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say leave a comment where that was oh, from. Well, so, sorry, right. sorry. Never mind. Stole my joke. Well, smash like wasn't now. your joke. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, going deeper uh, into that, I think the the big thing for me, and I pushed on this with tweens. If you look at your, um, if your kid was in tweens. And you look at the uh, things that they discussed is that I had them look at Galatians 5 as a parallel passage. And this idea of there's really two types of slavery for Christians that you either feel like you have a license to sin and then you get caught in this cycle of being like, well, you know, everybody loses their temper. And then you try to justify it. Jesus will forgive me. Yeah, exactly. Even Jesus flipped tables in the temple, you know, and you try to justify it or you beat yourself up and you're like, oh, I just got to, I got to try a little harder. And so those two things are slavery. Um, and it really is like a, a razor's edge to try to walk that balance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We did get one question and uh, Dr. Palmer is going to call in to discuss it. Yeah. What was the question, Bill? Um, it was basically looking at the end where it talks about returning to your vomit. And the question is, can a true Christian lose their salvation? Hmm. So we wanted to call him the big guns, because that way, if you don't like his answer, you get mad at Brett instead of me. <laughs> well, prayerfully, Brett will will answer this question with the Bible. Well, let's find out. We'll I'm gonna, find out. I'm going to call him. Call him up right now. Boop, beep, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep. Bretton? Can one lose your salvation attempted in under three minutes? If I could request a countdown on the YouTube uh, video for this attempted answer. I'd appreciate that. Thank you, David. Um, so can you lose your salvation? So upfront short answer, uh, revolve position, revolves position is no, you cannot lose your salvation. Now, uh, the arguments for being able to lose your salvation come in, uh, somewhat a couple different varieties. One is in terms of, uh, like what we mean by the term free will. A lot of times we just kind of assume everyone means the same thing when we talk about free will when we're actually talking about different things or different approaches to what our will is and how that relates to our nature. Uh, And then the other one is obviously verses uh, such as we looked at in second Peter and then uh, warning passages in, in like the book of Hebrews uh, that seem to imply like people are saved or they're tasting of uh, the benefits or blessings of being a part of the covenant community uh, and then they fall away. And so then it in some ways seems to imply that uh, you had salvation, you tasted salvation, but then you uh, you lost it. And so I think the critical component in this is uh, what the reformers called uh, the analogy of faith, which is just a fancy term. Uh, that means we have to let scripture interpret scripture. And so we don't just go uh, combing for proof texts. Um, even though proof texting is somewhat needed, you you know we say God is love, and we go to First John four eight to say God is love. Uh, but ultimately, we still want to let the rest of the Bible um, fill out our views and our doctrines. And so, uh, it, this comes back to essentially what is salvation, or what is the work of salvation. And 
uh, we see from the beginning of scripture to the to the end of scripture that uh, what was lost in the garden was spiritual life uh, in God's presence. And so we were dead. Uh, we're in exile. Exile becomes a picture of death. And so uh, what we need is new life. And so if God is the one who has to act, if God is the one who has to initiate, if God is the one who has to resurrect or give spiritual life, as we see in Ephesians 2, uh, or in John 3, where we can't birth ourselves, birthing ourselves has to be something outside of us. And it's a it's a work of new creation. And so if, if it is a work of new creation, then it's not something that can be lost because God uh, will not have his work thwarted in that manner. Uh, and so that's where we would believe that, no, you can't lose your salvation uh, because it is you are made completely new and you're not going to kill yourself again. Uh, and so what we do with those passages is that we then understand that they weren't truly saved. They were like the parable of the seeds where uh, they seemed to have a belief, but it wasn't a true, genuine belief uh, that resulted in fruit, which is the, the last seed is the only one that gives um, uh, real fruit is the one that landed on good soil. And so uh, coming back full circle uh, at Revolve, we believe, no, you can't lose your salvation. All right, Brad. Well, we thank you for that answer. We'll call Steve next time. <laughs> All right. So Bill, on the ground, how do we apply this sermon? I feel like you actually did a pretty good job yesterday uh, giving some application, but mm-hmm. you know, we look at looking up at God, looking in at our, you know, our own life and our church family and looking out missionally. Uh, what are some what are some ways we can apply this? I think it goes sermon? back to uh, first or second Peter chapter one. It's like God has given you everything you need for life and godliness in the gospel and the word and the spirit, and just yeah. keep coming back to those different things. And if you if you're if you're marinating in the word, if you're marinating in prayer, your the spirit is filling you up, you know, because you're actively walking forward in obedience and away from sin. You're not going to slip into these things. No one's. You're not going to wake up one day and be like, "What? Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, I thought I was allowed to do this. Yeah. You know, because going back to what David said before, I think the difference between you said it with anger, it's like you know, I don't want to do this, and then I do it again, then I don't do this. The difference between that and what the false teachers were doing is the false teachers were were saying it's okay to be angry. Yeah. You know, and so the idea is. When you're walking in the spirit, you do something and you're like, I don't want to do this as opposed to being like, this isn't a problem. Yeah. And so I think it's like, if you're walking with the spirit, you're in the word of God. When you sin, the Holy Spirit convicts you. Yeah. You know, as opposed to, you know, you just not feeling anything. Yeah. Making up excuses to to justify it or whatever. So um, I think for looking in, I think it's important to be reminding each other of those things. You know, when we're having conversations with, with friends and, and other people within the church is reminding people, you know, uh, Romans 8.1. You know, mm-hmm. there's no condemnation in Christ. You know, we don't want to be uh, beating each other up. and But we also, at the same time, you know, when we do see people justifying their sin or justifying their actions, and they're, you know, within the church. Again, this is within the church, uh, you know, pointing them to Scripture. Yeah. And uh, I want to brag real quick on uh, uh, the the Young Adults uh, DG. Last week, someone shared, a, you know, a struggle that they were having an issue with, and they asked me the question, and 
I didn't answer, and I just kind of was quiet for 10 or 20 seconds, and everyone opened up their Bibles, and and we were able to address this question hmm. using specific scriptures. And uh, I was really proud of them that that's what we should do. We, sh- we shouldn't, when we're talking with people and they're sharing different struggles, we don't want to say things like, well, I feel, mm-hmm. or this is what I've done, or, you know, my opinion on this is we always need to be looking at Scripture. Amen. So. Well, looking out, I would say, remember that the world doesn't need behavior modification. The world needs forgiveness. Yeah. And so I think some of the, one of the temptations here is to be like, well, I just need to, I have a, a friend, he's not a believer, and he just needs to stop sleeping around or whatever. And so, well, yeah, he shouldn't sleep around, but that's not going to save his soul. Yeah. Like he needs the gospel. And when Jesus grabs a hold of your heart, he grabs a hold of your heart and then he changes you. It doesn't go the other way around. It doesn't go, you change, and then Jesus grabs a hold of your heart. Yeah. And I think to remember that, you know, because you can look out on the world, whether it's the politics or, you know, the the collapse of morality in our culture and in our world, and you can get frustrated and think, well, people just need to not do fill in the blank. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but the way they're going to stop doing that is by by Jesus making their heart brand new. That'll preach. You know what I mean? Preach, preach it. Preach that. You know, so I think that idea is, and it's hard because, you know, you see people doing stuff, you want them to stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but the best thing you idiot. can do, right. But the best thing you can do is preach the gospel. You know, yeah. the girl who's promiscuous, like she's deeply insecure and she's trying to fill up a void. You know what I mean? And, and what she's really looking for is Jesus, that kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, man, we could, we could hang out on that topic for a long time, I think, you know, just thinking of, you know, your own sin. Like, why are you, re, you know, why are you returning to your vomit, whatever that may be? Right. It's not that that maybe that particular thing is wrong, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, why are you going to that instead of running to Christ? Yeah. You know, so there's this deeper thing that only Christ can fill. Yeah. Yeah. What a great. Well, you know, it's, it's, um, I was thinking about this the other day. Because when you think about the struggles that you have with sin, I don't know if I, there's ever been a time when I started to feel tempted and I was like, I'm going to stop, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to give me victory. Hmm. It, normally it's like, you just go for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I mean, how many times is like, I'm losing my temper and Gina's like, do you need to go in the other room relax? Cause you're about to, I, she can tell I'm about to pop off on the kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, nope. It's like, I'm going through this wall. This, <laughs> it's yeah. like, there's no talking me off the ledge anymore. Yeah. And as opposed to imagine, I mean, first Corinthians 10, 13 says no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. God is faithful. He will always provide a way of escape yeah. so that you can get out from under it um and but instead of in the moment saying lord i need your help right now to walk away from this sin instead we're like i'm going for it my yeah. forgiveness in 10 minutes yeah yeah and that's why we need to to take captive those thoughts yeah. like it's like i remember i had a a pastor that always say you know leave the penny on the track of the train because <laughs> it's like once you take that penny away the train's rolling it's hard right. to stop it but it's like if we can take captive those thoughts before it like yeah builds up so that's good so bill i uh i have a question for you all right what you chewing on what you chewing on what you chewing on what you chewing on today what you chewing on oh you no, did this today right. you already ended it sorry today today there you go 
Well, I, what am I chewing on? Well, going back to what we just were talking about this morning in, I was teaching Bible at the Innovate Academy Christian School, and we were read 1 Samuel 15, which is about when Saul has the kingdom ripped away from him. Yeah. And I pointed out to the kids that when Samuel is rebuking Saul, he says to him, and I'm paraphrasing, um, he says, Saul, I know you think of yourself too little, but God's actually anointed you king in Israel. Yeah. And I thought to myself, that's a really interesting statement. Because in the like two verses before, it says Saul went to Carmel to get some ice cream. No, it says Saul, <laughs> Saul went to Carmel to uh, build a monument to himself. Yeah. And so you, your immediate thought would be, this guy's arrogant. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that Samuel says, because you think of yourself too little. Yeah. And it's like, well, why did Saul do whatever the people wanted? Because he was insecure. Yeah. Why did Saul want to build a monument to himself? Because he was insecure. Yeah. Why are people bullies? Because they're insecure. It's like, why do we do the things we do? It's often not because we're overly confident and arrogant. It's because we're deeply insecure and wounded. Wow. And I was just thinking about that idea of like, and I said to the kids, I said, you know, realize that a lot of these things, a lot of these struggles come from our own insecurity, which is why it's so important to know who you are in Christ. Yeah. You know what I mean? It goes back to your identity. Yeah, that's that's great. I think um so yeah, like you said, so many sins, you know, it's not the fruit but the root. Yeah. It's like it's not the sin, it's like what is causing that sin. Mm-hmm. What a great thought. Um so what am I chewing on? What you uh, chewing on, David? Today. Um last couple of days I've been chewing on this uh passage that I read, um Hebrews chapter 4 and um I don't want to I'm going to misquote it, but it's essentially uh, the Word of God is powerful. It cuts... Living and active, sharpening and two-edged. There you go. Bill's got to memorize. I don't memorize, but something like that. But that's the the gist of it. And really realizing, I just like, I read that, and it like was one of those times where it's like I've read that passage so many times, and but it was just like, man, there is power in the Word of God. There is power. Yep. Um... And man, it was just, it would just, it just struck me that like, that is why we, you know, we do the discovery Bible study. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's why we get people in the word. That's why we tell people, you know, when you have a problem, you go to that with open, you know, if you're going to have a discussion or a debate, you do it with a, with the word of God. And it just is, man, it's just, it is so powerful and it's what we have. Mm -hmm. Like there is so much that we can't control in the world and there's so much out of our control, but what we do have is we have the word of God and we can, we can go to that and it's an absolute source of truth. And so it just was just, I mean, I already knew that, but Mm -hmm. it was just like, it just something I really been chewing on lately. If like when I'm talking with people, I need to be sharing scripture when I'm counseling people, I need to be sharing scripture. And it's just a great reminder of that. And then later on in that passage, it says that we have, you know, we have power in prayer because we can go into the throne room of grace. Amen. And it's like, we have the word of God and we have prayer and I can't fix you know, my kid who's having problems. I can't fix the war in Ukraine. Your your friend who no who nobody knows, but he's, he's got issues. <laughs> yeah, he's got a gray beanie on. And I, you don't know. Yeah, you don't but, know. But you know, there's nothing that I can do. But I have the word and I have prayer, and uh, and those are really powerful things. And 
yeah. it's sometimes the last thing that we go to. Yeah. As a, like a last resort. It's, it's not ironic, but it's kind of funny because I was just looking the other day, one of my friends who trains people in uh, disciple making movements and those kinds of things, disciple making, you know, they call the DBS the sword method. And that's just like, just their vernacular, but I just brought up their little thing and it has Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul, spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And it says, this picture of a sword helps us to, to study any passage of the Bible. When we think of a sword, we think of four parts of the sword and six questions. The tip of the sword points to heaven. What do we learn about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit? The handle is held by people. What does the story teach us about people? And then we think of the acronym SPEC to help remember the questions next to the sword. You know, is there a sin to avoid? Is there a promise? Is there an example to follow or a command to obey? Because that's like the attack of the sword mm -hmm. and the defense of the sword. Yeah. And so they use that idea of a sword to teach the DBS. Um, so it's just interesting to think like this really is, this is our, this is our hope. This is our weapon. This is our defense against the enemy. It's the word of God says, and then faith in that prayer and that, yeah. you know, that we're praying the word, we're believing the word, we're remembering the word, we're preaching the word, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So if you're having any problems, issues in your life, and you're not reading your Bible, we're going to recommend you just start there. Start there. What are you marinating on? What you marinating on? What you, what you marinate? What you marinating on for you today? Grilled chicken. Mm, grilled chicken. Marinated grilled chicken. That's a we good actually choice. we're doing. That's what we're doing for uh, DG tonight. We're marinating some some chicken. We're gonna make some chicken sandwiches. I think I don't know. You get shredded chicken. Yeah, I think so. Nice. Yeah. All I know is Melissa was mixing it up in the crock pot this morning. Like that? Yeah, she was like, hey, this is some marinade. This is like a witch. She's yeah. like, ha, ha, yeah. marinating. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, you have any questions for me, Bill? I mean, what kind of marinating are you using? I don't know. Melissa's Italian, teriyaki, all mesquite. We put it all in. What is mesquite? Is mesquite made from mosquitoes? We just like ground up mosquitoes? We went over this in podcast it's Jerry Seinfeld. Podcast 18? That's yeah. a remarkable memory. I specifically remember That's it. a remarkable memory. <laughs> I do a lot of editing. Are you an elephant? Yeah. No, I was, wow. just, making that, I was just making that up. Uh, David, I do have a question for you. What's up in Kensington? What is up at Kensington? Well, Kensington has a lot of problems. Yes, it does. And they need Jesus. Desperately. Yes. And uh, I read an article this week. It's not funny. I read an article this week that said in Mexico, they're using footage from Kensington in anti-drug ads in Mexico. Oh, so you word. know Kensington has problems when the cartel cities, the government's using footage from Kensington to get people in Mexico to not do drugs. Oh, my word. So we went up to Kensington a couple years back with Mikey White Shoes, rest in peace, old Mikey. And uh, I remember I had never done any sort of outreach like that before in Kensington. And I was handing out, you know, had some blankets, had socks, had shirts. I was handing them out. People were coming up. And Mikey stood in front of me and he said, you stop handing them out. I said, whoa. If you guys remember Mikey, he was very abrupt. No and nonsense. No nonsense. Fighter. And he said, these people don't get a blanket till they hear about Jesus. I these wish are... he had said that as a rhyme, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if he was giving out Jesus. Like, no one gets these Jesus till you hear about Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe you guys should give out some Cheez-Its. Savior. 
gospel. Then we can get this blanket unless you're you thank it. I don't know. So needless to say, Mikey knew that what the people needed more than blankets was Jesus. More than TP. Yep. So, but we have some uh, folks that are going up there still, mm-hmm. and they they do need some things like uh, toilet paper and and new uh, underwear and socks. Um, so if you're you know you're heading to Walmart uh, this week, grab a mm-hmm. extra pair of Hanes and some more socks. Yeah, preferably some uh, wool, nice warm ones. Ramen. Yep. Any ramen? Granola bars. Granola bars, maybe. You know, some protein bars, some cliff bars, whatever bars you want. Some sort of nutritional bar that's a good thing to mm-hmm. hand out. But then also this, uh, you know, I know Melissa uh, last Ooh, week when she, was get, when she was getting the Christmas decorations out, she also got the, the Christmas or the winter clothes down out of the attic. And uh, we had a couple extra pairs of boots and gloves and hats that you mm-hmm. know, we've kind of acquired. So if you're going through your winter clothes and you're like, I have six beanies. How dare you look at my beanie when you say that? <laughs> uh, that's not. I, that's that's more of like a fall beanie. It's not even. Doesn't even look warm. It's not that warm. You look like it's like like when you send a baby home in a, from a hospital. So, but what are you saying? If you find, you know what I'm saying. Read between the lines. Um, so if you have six beanies, no respect. Know, maybe just have two beanies and give four to. To Kensington, so you can bring those by the church office, uh, you know, during the day. Uh, contact Jen before, just so you know someone's here, and um, or if you're coming to book club or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, bring it by the office um, so they can start taking those up on Wednesday. Yep. So that is what's up in Kensington. What's up at Revolve? And now we got what's up with the Vances. The Vances. What is up with them? I love that we get. Christian loves sending these videos to us. He does. I love getting them, and people, I people love sending them to I'm us. I'm gonna people. call them up. Oh, you're using your boop. laptop phone. Oh, here comes Elena. Hey, Revolve, it's Elena here, giving you a quick update on how Christian and the boys and I are doing here in Queens. Um, we have a lot going on, a lot of awesome opportunities. So I have a women's group um, that Caitlin, our teammate, and I have started. On Sunday nights, it's a night of just fellowship, sharing a meal, and doing discovery Bible study. We have two Muslim background ladies and one that's a Catholic background that came to faith over the summer, and that's been going really well. We have a fourth um, woman who's Muslim background set to join us in a couple of days as well. So God's doing something really exciting there. Each time we meet, we just get more comfortable with each other. Our friendship deepens and the ability to just ask more questions about God and his character and how we apply his word to our lives just continues to to grow. And I'm really excited about what God is doing with that, just in his beautiful sovereignty, bringing all of these ladies together with Caitlin and I. So please be praying for that. Be praying for Christian. He has a discovery Bible study uh, each week with two Egyptian Muslim men that's been going really well. They too are continuing to ask great questions about God's character and just how you apply it to your life and the differences between Islam and Christianity and just the freedom that comes from knowing who Jesus is. So please be praying for that. Uh, Just pray against attacks from the enemy as they're doing it in their place of business. And so there's lots of people coming in and out all the time and overhearing what they're talking about. So be praying for that. And Christian's also had a lot of training opportunities recently. He had a four-day training this past week, which went really well 
with uh, other people who are laboring here in Queens this coming Friday. He has a training with um, another missions organization that he's leading on teaching them evangelism. And so it's a group of 12 people coming up from Florida. So just be praying over that, that they would be bold and confident and that they would take what uh, they're going to learn and just aggressively sow seeds of the gospel here in Queens. And then the following week, he has training with the equipped students. So he will be helping to lead a uh, no place left training with them, which is exciting. So just feel like God is just moving and constantly orchestrating so many relationships with us here in Queens. And we're grateful and excited. We need just prayers for protection um, against attacks from the enemy. We have so much good things going on that we know the enemy's going to not like. So just uh, pray that we have eyes to see when the attacks are coming, that we would be quick to call them out and quick to rebuke them in the name of Jesus and just stay the course, that we would stay focused and faithful. So we love you, Revolve. We're so grateful for your prayers and encouragement and support and can't wait to see you all in December. All right, Elena, thank you for that update. Um, it's great hearing about how that, uh, that Bible study is going with your one of your partners there and uh, hearing all the things that God is doing. Um, it's just really great. And I know that the team that went up two weeks ago to Seed Week uh, is still you know, sharing stories. And you know, it's just great to, to have your ministry up there that we can still be partnered and, and still be connected so easily. So, Amen. So far, but so close are the yeah. advances. And we'd love to do more and more Seed Weekenders and that kind of stuff. So make sure you guys at home let us know. If you're interested, we can put you on a list. We'll get you up there. So kick you out of the church. All right. <laughs> kick you out to New York City. All right. Bill, land this plane. What's your closing word for this week? Guys. What is what is what do you want people to know as they're they're, they're oh slowing down their workout, they're finishing up their podcast, or just pulling into work? I want you guys to watch out for treatments. That's true. It's shaking those trees. So you see a tree shaking and there's no wind. You got to watch out. Better watch out. In all seriousness, you could read for Second uh, Peter chapter 3 to get ready for this week's sermon on Second Peter 3. And uh, and if you really want to get interesting and saucy, read the cross-references so you know what the what Peter's referring to. Whoa. Yeah. What about, uh, does Peter refer to Enoch at all? Um, that was in chapter two. He referred to okay, Enoch. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mention it because I didn't want people to be like, Enoch, yes. Yeah. yeah. You ever see that uh, Sunday Cool Tease video? Yeah. Knock, knock. It's your boy Enoch. <laughs> it's a funny video. I'll link it in the description there. The yeah. Funny Cross links the way to go. So, all right, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope this was edifying to your day. This is uh, David and this is Bill. We'll see you next time. See ya.